This is the OCML Podcast. Enjoy local music. Hey everybody and welcome to the OCML Podcast. I'm your host, John Safari. This is episode 93 and uh, we are joined by David Forrester of Pin Up Productions today. We're going to talk a little bit about promoting and booking and um, a bunch of things the bands should do and maybe a few that they shouldn't. So uh, I also got Enzo here and uh, Kevin Martin. Hello. Hello. Hey, so David, first off, let's start with, um, you know, for Pinup, you guys have only been down in SoCal for, what, two and a half years or something like that? Yep, two and a half, coming up on three in uh, January. Well, I mean, technically, I guess, October, November, but uh, our first show uh, was canceled, so that didn't end up happening until January. Uh, for sure. So what, uh, what brought you down here, and what's kind of your background before you moved down here? Um, so... I've been with Pinup for about five years now. Before that, I had my own uh, concert booking and production company for about two. And uh, going back, I was booking shows for my bands and other bands in the scene in uh, the Bay Area since I was like 17. Um, so that's about like 13 years doing this. Um, so um, I came on to Pinup. Um, my company previously was dissolved and I was brought in as a partner with uh Joel Haston and um he well he's one of the co-founders and uh so uh when I came on I had already kind of had this vision to um take the bay area's anti pay to play mentality and bring it to socal where I mean promoters like you were already trying to push that real hard and pull away from the uh the norm that is pay to play in socal and uh you know up in the bay area that that stuff just doesn't exist. Um, and so I felt like um, SoCal could use a little taste of what uh, we've been doing. And, uh, yeah, so I moved down here to try to uh, help out down here. Yeah, and so far, I mean, I mean, we, we had kind of started leading that charge down here in SoCal, and you've come down it now. There's a bunch of opportunities for artists that aren't pay-to-play. Yeah. And, you know, effectively, because those shows are also better and more fun to be at, we've mm -hmm. really kind of started to push that back, especially it doesn't even happen in Orange County anymore, really. Yeah. You know, few and far between, maybe like a chain reaction or something, but that's going to keep happening there yeah. until they get booze. <laughs> you know, <I> just, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, a rock and a hard place. But so tell me a little bit about um, the difference in, like, the Bay Area music scene, like, as the scene is I feel like uh, in a place that doesn't have to deal with any kind of pay-to-play, there's going to be like a better scene, yeah? Um, so I feel like uh, the Bay Area bands have more of an opportunity to thrive. Um, there's uh, less focus on them. Well, the way I see it is, you know, that whole pay-to-play mentality is like a, it's like a gun to the head, you know? Um, bands are more focused on... Uh, you know, panicking to get those ticket sales out when ultimately it's the promoter's responsibility to bring people out. And while, you know, the bands still have to do their part, you know, uh, I feel like in the Bay Area, it's a little bit easier for some of these guys to focus, it would seem, because in in the last five years or so, um, if you notice, there's been like a crazy amount of Bay Area bands getting signed to major labels, breaking billboard charts and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that's stuff that you didn't really see before. And, uh, yeah, I just feel like it, just a healthier scene up there. Less yeah, bands, well, though. A well, lot less I mean, bands. And I think that has a lot, of, uh, a lot to contribute as well um, with oh, the definitely. less bands because there's just more opportunity for the few that are there. And, and exactly. So that definitely helps a lot. And 
Definitely. We talked a couple of episodes about how like there's still a lot of transplant bands that like they move here to LA because they think that's like how you're gonna make it and you know however that might have been in the 80s and 90s like it's just yeah. not like that anymore and it oversaturates the scene but um, you know but you see all the pay to play clubs they go away you know like uh, that they don't like aside from maybe the whiskey that's probably never gonna you know go away because everybody wants to play on that stage so they yeah. have like that pigeonhole. All these other clubs up there are gone, you know? Like, yeah. there's, there's, like, the Whiskey and the Roxy and, like, the Rainbow are, like, the only things even left. And it, it you know, Viper's there, too. But, like, I, I don't see a very... There's there's no longevity in it, even for some of these venues when they do these, these you know, losing models that only take care of one of the three entities of the night. And, yeah. Um, what, uh... Give you a little bit of background on like you as a musician. Because then you've been in a couple of bands and like yeah. Um, so I started playing bass in like junior high, listening to like MXPX and No Effects and stuff like that. And uh, you know I started a couple little garage bands here and there, and uh, never really played any shows until about my junior year of high school. Um, I was in this like. I don't know. We couldn't decide if we were metalcore or deathcore or what the hell we were, but uh, we were called Lost in Apathy, and we'd like play the quad at lunch and the local Campbell Gaslighter uh, venue, uh, R.I.P. Um, and uh, yeah, a couple years later, was playing in a band called When Earth Awakes, uh, toured with Assuming We Survive. That was about five ish years ago. Um, and then when I moved down here, I joined Throne of Tyranny. Uh, it's like a technical deathcore band playing with the faceless in Berkeley at Cornerstone Sunday, by the way, bury a death fest day three. <laughs> I had to throw that in there, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been playing in bands since I was like 16. Um, yeah, been all over the place. So what was it? Was it playing in bands that like made you become the promoter yeah um so when i first started doing it um there were some things that i thought could be done better in my local scene and uh uh, that i felt like promoters weren't doing all that they could or not doing it the way i felt it should be done um so i started kind of doing it on my own and uh it wasn't until I was starting to book like national packages that uh, Pinup approached me and was like, "Hey, join us. Bring your ideals over here." And I was like, "All right." Let's oh, yeah, it's it's always better to uh, work with the other people that are doing the same thing as you because there's a lot of people, at least in from our side of the fence, that aren't doing what we're doing. Yeah. And um, you know, it it really helps to have that strength in numbers type feel. Definitely. Um, you know, Enzo, like you, you're pretty familiar with pinup. Like, uh, describe like what Inland Empire was before. You know, they really came in and started kind well, of organizing things a little bit. Well, it's kind of just like kind of scattered. It's like you know, Wild Wild West. You know, you, you get and pick and choose like different venues. You know, no structure. But these guys kind of came in and just, you know, did the thing. Yeah, can't, can't be mad at it, you know. Absolutely, and like you know, I I I see that, <laughs> I, know, I see that um, as well, and then I like also see this huge gaping potential in the rest of the Inland yeah. Empire, which is why we just launched the IML thing yeah, for exactly. all the other genres that you guys don't touch. Like, it's, there's still yeah. so much talent out there, yeah. and there's still no organization. Yeah, because so. yeah, you guys are doing great with the core and metal and everything, and just yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's organized, you know, it's it's structured, you know, everything's there's, you know spaced out. 
Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're attempting to do the same thing with the uh, IEML. You know? Like with the yeah. reggae and the yeah. rock and yeah, the, the stuff that's yeah, the, still great out there. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. like... And, and you know, to give a few reference, like, you know, we'll, we'll collab on shows uh, a lot of yeah, the times definitely. at PBW. And yeah. and I, I'm surprised that, you know, it's because we're collabing with you guys and then what we've done, like, how we can pull so many fucking people on a Wednesday to pay for, you know, a show like that. You can't do that in Orange County. Like they, and the thing is, like, you can't do that in Orange County. Anyways, people won't go out on a Wednesday. So, like, you have to go out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of limited in the Inland Empire with stuff to do. So. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot less to do out there. Yeah. Down here, there's, you know, so you know what, Yeah, why don't we make something? And that's, and that's, the, and that's the plan, you know. And yeah, then they, exactly. But um, what um, what is the most detrimental thing, in your opinion, about pay-to-play? Um, bands are spending their money on tickets instead of quality recordings, quality ding, merchandise, ding, ding, ding. I love it. graphics, winner, winner, quality photo dip. shoots, quality music yes. videos, quality, quality, quality. You're cutting yourselves and selling yourselves short by dumping all your money into tickets that you didn't sell. Yep. And it's like, okay, granted, you know, people will make the argument, oh, it's not pay to play if you can sell the tickets. And it's like, okay, well, granted, who the hell is going to be able to sell 60 tickets to a show on a Tuesday night? Who, and, and if you can yeah. do that, well, why aren't you just setting up your own shows? Like, you know, why aren't you the headliner? Exactly. exactly. Like, you should be getting paid if yeah. you're selling 60 tickets on a Tuesday uh, night. Yeah. Because uh, that is like. Damn, bro, sixty on a Tuesday. Yeah. Like, good job, but yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. And um, I do hear that argument a lot. Well, you know, I'm definitely going to sell them. And it's like, well, then you should definitely get paid. Yeah, like absolutely. You know, at least like a per ticket deal. Exactly. You know? Yes. You know, as a as a promoter, that should be comfortable. It's like okay. For you're not really at any risk because it's only going to be based on how many tickets that band is selling, and right. so that's also a motivator too. It's like the exactly. band's going to want to sell more tickets if they're getting money in their pocket that they can then turn and spend on these quality things that we were absolutely. And about. I feel like that's fucking common sense, like yeah. you know, and you know, again, it, it, it evolved from something that was different because they were paying to play in front of talent agents and record company agents, stuff like that, and A and R, and so like the, the pay to play came from something else and then turned into this when that went away. Because yeah. you know we're not making money off records, so that doesn't happen anymore. And yeah. so um, it it's changed again now. And there's no reason in 2018 that we, as a promoter, you should be uncomfortable with giving a cut of every single ticket that a band sells from ticket number fucking one. Mm-hmm. Like, and and that, and, and if you're not doing that, then you're pay to play. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Yeah, I feel it's more of an insult if you have like if you're doing a 50-50 ticket split. Even just throwing numbers out there, it's more of an insult to hand a band five dollars than not handing them anything. What do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, I, you I, only I sold one ticket. Here's your five dollars, dude. Like, uh, don't go spend it on a fancy record player. Dude. Oh man, it, it, man, if they, man, they should slap themselves if they do that shit. Man. Like <laughs> seriously, what the hell? <laughs> like, I, I, I have Damn, to. That's, I mean, I, that's crazy. I see where you're coming from, but it's like. What what uh, what do you, what do you want me to this money bag. what do you want me to do you know what I mean like yeah I, I can't I can't help you amass a following if you don't help me create an environment in a show that people want to remember and take home with them and be like fuck yeah I want to go do that again so yeah. it's you know it and, and again like in, I didn't mention anything about ticket sales and that I'm trying to create an environment so if yeah. you can't help me create mm-hmm. that environment. And, and that's by that lackadaisical attitude coming into that event. You're not helping me create the environment that's necessary for the people that did come to capture and want to, you know, be a part of that. And then two, bands aren't fucking stoked when they play those shows. They go up and they play a half-ass set because they're pissed. 
or because they just lost money. And so, like, they don't have the energy of just going there, getting ready to perform, and, like, you know, yeah, I'm hustling to get paid. Like, that's a different thing than I'm, like, I'm hustling not to lose money. Those are, like, two very different feelings, you know, when you take the stage. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously yeah and it, go, it goes back to your guys's catchphrase you know enjoy local music it's like yeah. it's got to be a positive environment it's got to mm-hmm. be something fun that people want to be a part of yep. and you know you uh you create that stigma and you bring in that negativity of a pay-to-play environment and you know it's not as fun as it should be it's not as yeah. good of a time absolutely and that's for everybody yeah. and like that's how i originally really found out about pay-to-play is i was a fan that was paying for tickets to go to local shows and I was like, why is this starting to fucking suck and I'm paying more? Like, the ticket price has gone up and, like, my time, my entertainment value has gone down. Like, what the hell? And I found yeah. out about pay-to-play and I was like, fuck this, I'm booking shows. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, it just it blows my mind that, you know, five local bands will sell tickets to play with each other. Like, you know, like... that. That that's the most astounding thing to me is like yeah. that that was one of the big deciding factors for me to bring Pinup down here was the whole seeing a fourteen band local show and bands are paying to play on this and it's like the headliner is a band that nobody's heard of outside of the area mm-hmm. and it's like well w- wait why are you selling forty tickets to play with these guys they're your homies you could probably play with them at Slide Bar for free yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Or you can like, hit me up and I'll fucking make you a bunch of money. You know, like, <laughs> what's up? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm no kidding. And, and that's, it, again, like, those don't happen. You know, like, I mean, there's, a, there's like one every three months now, but those don't happen three yeah. times a month anymore. And there's Thank no God. more of those hundred local bands with three headliners that we overpaid for on eight stages that all have shitty sound festivals either. Oh, and all the started. stages are facing each other. Yeah. yeah. And all the bands are conflicting and it just sounds like a clusterfuck yeah. of like eight, yeah. eight black metal bands playing at one time in the same room different songs yeah that that could be cool if it <laughs> was for like song. a gag video with a fat circle pit or something but that's yeah. just dumb <laughs> <laughs> yeah i went to one of those one time and was just like holy crap man this is just this is just a hot mess and, and and so now now that now that we're talking about this on the air we just need to do a better version of that you know like why do they have to have eight stages facing each other? Why why are bands getting their sets cut short? Like, come on, it's not rocket science here. Because they're they're trying to squeeze every last drop that they can. Yes, they are. And that's what happens when you pay fifteen thousand dollars for a band that's only worth three. Yeah, yeah. Pew pew. Somebody get the ice. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> But um, and that's that's like the other part I think where I never in the beginning really fully understood it, but it always to me was on the people that were booking the show. Like if the show costs you too much money, maybe you're not trying to make it cost you less. Like maybe you're not doing your job, and mm-hmm. then you're passing that on, and that's like an equally lame thing. Like you know, it's yeah. like yeah. if you can't if if you can't talk somebody into something that's fair for everybody, then you're not in the right business. Yeah. Because it's like, we're all supposed to win here because we're all supposed to work together again and again and again and again. You know, none of these touring agents are sending us packages trying to not work with us again. They want to build a relationship with us so they can send every fucking tour they have to us. So it makes their yeah. life easier. Yeah. So like they want us to make money too. And as long as everybody's on the same page with that, then everybody should be able to win. It's not, 
that difficult. Yeah. Like the way I kind of look at throwing shows is the same way you look at like, I don't know, like logistics for a grocery store is you've got the, the guy who buys everything from the distributor. Right. And then you've got, okay. So let's say that guy is the promoter, the talent buyer, whatever you want to call them. Same thing. Um, and then your bands are your checkers, your cashiers, your store managers, all that. Right. Now, you make a real bad buy as the buyer for this chain of grocery stores, right? And so now you've got this product that nobody wants and it's sitting on the shelf and collecting dust, expiring, you're throwing it away. And it's like, are you suddenly going to deduct the wages of your clerks and your baggers and your managers? No, no, you're not. They're all going to quit if you do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's like, so why are these promoters and talent buyers shifting the bill onto local bands? It doesn't make because sense. Because they're lazy and they're not promoters. They're just, they're just like, uh, they're like coordinators. Like they're bookers. bookers. Like, yeah. They're fucking cowards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were waiting for that one. <laughs> yeah. And those are also the guys that, you know, usually don't make flyers for their shows and make bands do that and it's just you know it, oh, it's yeah. not it's not an organized process and that's why the scene's not organized and that's why you know you walk into a show and it doesn't have the environment that it needs to so yeah um what's um you know what have you what have you found has been one of the most effective ways to combat pay to play in educating younger bands that might have not dealt with it yet um so first and foremost, I think, is teaching them the difference between pre-sailing and paying to play. Uh, yeah. um, like, you know, explaining that, you know, there's no gun to your head. You just turn in what you don't sell if, you know, here's how much you get per ticket sale. Um, now, yeah, usually that's pretty easy. Some bands are just like, they, they don't even want to see a ticket. They're like, pre-sales, pay-to-play, pre-sales, pay-to-play. And we're like, uh, not quite, but I understand yeah. why you think that. And here's, you know, like what you just told. You yeah. And some, and some bands still just don't even want to hear it. Like, you even say ticket in the message and you're going to get cussed out and screenshot and post on their page like there's some kind of white knight, you know, crucifying the... <laughs> The heretic. Those same like, bands only oh play like God. four shows a year, though. You know, so. Those same bands play dive bars, empty rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, guys, but it's true. Oh, yeah. Um, you cut the air like in here with a sharpened thought. <laughs> <laughs> I just. Enzo's reaction was just like, Ugh. oh, yeah, I know a band like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a. There was a uh, an instance where one of my uh, bookers hit up a local band and was simply like, "Hey man, here's uh, here's the touring bands we got coming through. Here's the venue. Here's the date. Would love to have you on the show. Let me know if you're interested. You know, just fishing to see if they'd even want to play the show because there's no sense in really talking any further if they Agreed. read those bands and go, Nah, I don't know who they are. I don't want to play." And their immediate response was, fuck you, suck my dick, you pay to play, yada, 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 all this crap. And I just told him, I'm like, don't even respond to a man. Like, that's not worth your energy. And they screenshot it and posted it with a bunch of middle finger emojis. And it was just kind of like, wow, great job. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh. Interesting. Yeah, I I, I used eloquent. to I, back in the day I used to get some shit like that every once in a while. It, it doesn't happen so much anymore, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's like I, it's I, at least once a year. 
Yeah, it's still about at least once a year. Yeah. Oh, wait, what, fucking tickets? You guys are... I thought you were against Play to Play, you fucking liars. Like, uh, did you not read the part no, no, where no. I was letting see, you keep see, 100% of your tickets? See, I was like, see, Here's, here's where people understand. Pay to play? Hey, you want to get on these string of shows? We're playing with these guys. Give me $2,000, you're on the show. That's pay to play. Yeah, that you is. Know? And that's what people understand. And pre-sale tickets? Okay, cool. I mean, you know, it's t- 10 bucks. I'll give you freaking four bucks off of every ticket you sell. Simple. Yeah. They're right there. Boom. And it's or, like, or it's if you don't sell these 40 tickets, like, yeah. the, uh, you're I not still getting the money. Yeah, yeah. Or you're not yeah. playing. Like, that's still pay to play, too. Oh, here's, yeah. a, here's a performance contract outlining how much money you owe us. And it's like, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Slow down. <laughs> I always tell bands, uh, I, I have a really good time with this one. I always tell bands, uh, you know, they send you a contract with their requirements. You respond with one of yours. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm going to need to make sure that we have a secure green room, um, you know, for the band. And we need an extra one for our manager and our roadie because we can't have them in our changing room for our pre-show ritual. And, um, you know. <laughs> Only blue M&Ms. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck are you fucking? <laughs> no, nobody. But I just, you know, if they're going to if they're gonna send me some dumb shit, I'm going to send them some dumb shit back. Yeah. And they that for me is how you respond to people is oh you sent me something dumb I'm gonna send you something dumb back I'm gonna laugh about it but yeah. when no, no matter what when you go out of your way to like curse at somebody talk shit do any of that you're wrong even if the person that you're like like are mad at or trying or, you know talking to it was just you're still the, in the wrong and that screenshot's still gonna get posted and it's gonna ruin your first impression reputation with other people yeah. Regardless if you're right or wrong. Yeah. And, you know, one, I always suggest to do things on the phone anyways because then there's no screenshots. But <laughs> <laughs> He's learned no. the hard way. <clears throat> dick pics. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. I had, a, I had a dick meme that I used to send to people once I had just decided I was done with the <laughs> argument. And it was, it was just a fucking raging boner with a sad face drawn on it and a single tear and it said stay pissed but it said (laughs) p-i-s-s-t and oh man so many people would get so mad they're just like why are you sending me dick pics and i'd just send it again (laughs) (laughs) i can't get away with that anymore though no you can't no 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 Joel, joel would have a cow (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's very great. Oh, but, yeah, that's uh, great, dude. What, um, what's, like, your favorite part about being in SoCal? Um, dude, it's, like, endless possibility, pretty much. It's, like, I mean, granted, L.A.'s not everything that it used to be back in the 80s and 90s and all that stuff, but it's, like, there's just so many bands and so many venues, and it's, like, in the Bay Area, you know, we had, like, a small handful of venues, and still to this day only have a small handful of venues, but it's like they're popping up all the time down here. It's like if I get tired of booking shows at the venue I'm at, I can go five miles down the road and find another one. Or I can find an events hall that's totally down to have hardcore shows and doesn't care that people are going to get 360 spin kicked in the head. You know? <laughs> and it's like you don't find that everywhere. Yeah. With, I mean because especially nobody wants anybody getting 360 spin kicked in the head at their, at their establishments because yeah. <laughs> that's how lawsuits happen. I don't want to get 360 spin kicked in the yeah. head ever, but it's happened. Yeah. And yeah, I've done it same. to people too, but I didn't try to. But it happened. So, you know, it's yeah. like, don't go in the pit if you're not paying attention. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Don't even stand near the pit if you're mm-hmm. like, 
Yeah, I mean... If you're going to complain that you get hit, don't stand near the pit. Because it's there and it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i been doing this forever. And it's like, I'll walk through the pit, like, just trying to get across the, the venue. And I'll get punched three times on the way through. And I just keep walking, you know? It's like, I've been... I've gotten black eyes, freaking big old knots in my cheek. I've been suplexed. Eh, you just got to roll with it. <laughs> He's got the people's elbow. <laughs> yeah, I got I got flipped over the shoulder of this one drunk guy at I think uh, I think Killing the Messenger was playing. It was with Avoid and Redeem Revive at PBW, and this guy was just belligerent as all hell, and everybody was done with his shit. So I, I, I come walking up behind him, and I try to put him in a headlock, and the guy just immediately flips me over his shoulder. It was the quickest reflexes I've ever seen out of someone who's blacked out. I couldn't believe it. Damn. <laughs> but then like three band dudes Damn. grabbed the guy and drug him out for me, so it was tight. <laughs> there, there's a lot more to that story that gets real dark but we're not gonna yeah we're gonna leave that one out <laughs> yeah and you know and that that's part of the uh the not glamorous job of being a promoter that most of you guys don't think about when there's a problem in our shows we have to fucking handle it because yeah. you usually don't have security so <laughs> yeah i am the security yeah yes yeah we we, we uh we've been we've been pretty good at being security and then we did a show uh at at the House of Blues, and they got mad at me for breaking up a fight. Oh yeah, because yeah. they're all yeah. super by the book, and it's yeah. like, and then they, and then they were like surprised that I did it. Like, why would you do that? I was like, I've been doing this for five years, and that's my job. And you know, like, sorry, yeah. it was an instinct. You know, yeah. I didn't do it because I wanted to like make an issue, but I still beat your guys there too. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't want my people that paid money to get into my show at your venue get hit in the face. You yeah. know, yeah, I. uh I'm not really a fan of having to go and get the security guard. Me neither. And it's I'd like, rather just handle it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like doing it for song. It's like you you start doing stuff at club venues, you know, like you guys at House of Blues and stuff, and like us at 1720 or the Catalyst in Santa Cruz. And it's like, oh, there, there, they'll have a cow. They'll have a cow if I lay hands on somebody mm -hmm. like trying to break up a fight. And it's like, I got to go walk outside, get the security guard, look like a little bitch, and then bring the security guard in and go, that's the guy right there. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why they invented radios, so you could do it without anybody knowing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of that, man, we should start using our radios more. <laughs> get, uh, it, it was that guy with all the face tattoos. Yeah, can you get him out of here? Which one? <laughs> yeah. yeah, which one? All of them. <laughs> uh, there's like 30 of them. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> Start with Tyson. Oh, man. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, well, what do you have coming up for the rest of the year? Anything big that you guys got going on like towards the end of the year? Um, we're not really past, uh, September yet, but I probably should mention that we are, uh, going to be at four dates of warp tour this year. Um, we're going to be at Pomona in which we're also providing the music for the, uh, kickoff party, uh, the after show barbecue for the bands and the crew and all that stuff. Um, really, really stoked about doing that. Um, just going to have some guys do some DJ sets. Dan Arnold from static lullaby, uh, from emo night Pomona is going to come out and do some stuff. Um, and, uh, so we're at Pomona, we're at Mountain View, we're at Ventura and we're at Vegas. Um, we're going to be handing out, uh, free copies of these compilations that we put together. Um, tons of great bands on them, all unsigned. 
Um, there's a Vegas compilation, a SoCal compilation, and a NorCal compilation, um, all available at their respective regional dates, but all of them will be available at Ventura. Um, and then... I mean, we got Angel Vivaldi coming up at 1720 in downtown L.A. on July 5th. Um, Hell yeah. We've I'll got, be there. <laughs> dude, that's going to be that's amazing be show. Um, we've got local support from The End of an Age and Incipients, and both are absolutely incredible bands. Um, we also have Devastation on the Nation, which is actually a team-up we're, we're helping promote, but it's a Church of the Eighth Days show. Um, and that's just a really big death metal package put together by uh, Continental Tours. Uh, Daniel Defonce uh, is the agent on that one. He's a that's a great dude right there. Um, so that's on Saturday at seventeen twenty. And then we also just announced uh, the Summer of Screams tour at seventeen twenty in downtown L.A. And that's with Mushroom Head, uh, Power Man Five Thousand. The Browning, Kissing Candace, Unsaid Fate, Earthcrawler, and then we have local support from Dirty Machine, and we will probably be adding one more to that. Um, you and I got to talk about that, Enzo. Um, All right. Uh, that, <laughs> that, 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 sounds, that sounds fun. <laughs> that's, that's on September 2nd. Um, that's going to be pretty wild. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com. Just look up uh, Summer of Screams or Mushroom Head, September 2nd, 1720. I'm sure you'll find it. Um, but, yeah, beyond that, um, yeah, yeah. that's the uh, probably the biggest one we got coming up. And I'm just kind of working on filling things in with the – in between the gaps with some mid to low level tour packages and all that stuff, trying to help some homies get out to SoCal. Awesome. Well, uh, where can everybody find everything pinup? Uh, pinuppresents.net. Um, that's, you know, there's some things going on with the site right now that we're working on. But, Same, um, I feel you. <laughs> GoDaddy. Biggest pain in the fucking what. ass, dude. Man, that, uh, get off GoDaddy, dude. Use Namecheap. There's so much easier. Yeah, I, bet, I bet they are, man. GoDaddy's just so cheap, and it's like we've been using it for so long. I feel like changing it's going to be like going from Mac back to PC or something, or I don't know. That's probably not that great of an analogy because they're really kind of the same. But okay. well, nowadays. But anyway, it's, so pinup.net. Yeah. Um, or find us on Facebook, Pinup Productions, or Instagram, at Pinup Presents. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Appreciate yeah, thanks it. Thanks for and, having you me, know, Thanks for helping fight pay to play here in SoCal with us. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. Get the best local bands on stage and online at OCML.us. Enjoy local music.